to tell you the truth, I was going to talk about the ruling out of California, Sutter County, about Gavin Newsom's rules and the fact that the Sutter County Superior Court said that some of his rules were unconstitutional. But something else came up. Started seeing some posts, oh, I don't know, midday yesterday, talking about this idea that state legislatures in Republican-held legislative states should override the electoral process and appoint Trump electors to the Electoral College. It took me a little bit of running to do this, mostly because I was in the middle of other things, but as it turns out, uh, this idea seems, and I will categorize it as seems, to have originated with Mark Levin, where it was quickly picked up by, of course, The Blaze and other conservative chat show hosts around the country, to where, to the point where we're beating the drum now, to essentially cross the Rubicon and nullify the election and just appoint legislators, just appoint electoral voters. The argument here, of course, is that the election is being stolen from Donald Trump. Now, look, say some things here. You need to stay with me, okay? When I'm, when I'm done, it fades to the galaxy, then you can yell at me. But until I'm done, just hold your thoughts, okay? That's all I'm asking. I know many of you feel that there's a great deal of cheating going on. I know this because I see your social media posts. I caution you in all of this. A Facebook post, a I heard on the radio, a I believe is not proof of anything. You may believe that the election is being stolen, but can you prove it? If you cannot prove it, then the real politic of the situation is for all practical purposes, it's not being. I've asked you to use a little bit of perspective in all of this. I asked you yesterday, if you listened to the show yesterday, to think about things. This is not the victory that the left, the Democrats, that even Joe Biden thought he was going to get. For God's sakes, all summer long, we've heard about Susan Collins. Susan Collins, the polls, oh, she's going to lose. She's going to... She won easily. <laughs> okay? Clearly, things are not leaning left the way they want you to believe they are. And a President Biden would be hamstrung, I guess, by a lot of things that he's not going to get his way in everything. That said, I, I started looking into this thing because I got, of course, I got a text, Dave. Can they do this? Can they do this? Not should they do this. Can they do this? Well, the short answer to your question about whether or not a legislature can simply appoint electors to the Electoral College is yes, they can. But, like most things, the fact that you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should do something. Okay? 
This all goes back, believe it or not, to 1892. In 1892, the state of Michigan was a battleground state, much as it is now, and Grover Cleveland was running against Benjamin Harrison. Cleveland had been president before, then ousted by Harrison, and now he was running again against Harrison. And there was a there was a, a lot. I mean, we again. I keep saying this; nobody believes me, but we've had controversial elections before, folks. We've had candidates that people hated before, and these two people weren't getting along and they didn't see eye to eye and Cleveland was running again and Michigan saw itself as an, an opportunity the democratic controlled legislature which had just taken power 2 years before saw an opportunity in a heavily republican state to hmm, help out Grover Cleveland in the upcoming election so they passed a law called the minor law M I N E R after the guy that wrote it and in essence, what it did was it gave all of the state's electoral college votes, instead of giving it to the winning candidate, which would have been, in this case, Harrison, they gave it instead by congressional district, they, they apportioned it, which would at least give some electoral votes to Cleveland, and they thought, well, this will help, and so, great. Now, subsequent events made it, you know, a little pointless, but... There was a great deal of backlash about this. Republicans in the state of Michigan in 1892 sued all the way to the United States Supreme Court, where the United States Supreme Court, in an expedited ruling, ruled in October before the election that the minor law was valid, that it, they upheld it. The, the upholding of that law was seen to be constitutional by the federal Supreme Court. District method was sustained, and decision of the Michigan court which had previously already decided this, was affirmed. Interestingly, the Detroit Free Press added the hopes of the Republicans dashed to pieces in their headline. I think that's interesting because even back then, there was a great deal of animosity. The McPherson versus Blacker case that we're talking about here revolved around that idea that the Constitution, the 14th Amendment specifically, had, the Republican argument was that the 14th Amendment had locked the state into a winner-take-all position. Supreme Court took this up, and they made, in that ruling that you just saw there, they came to some conclusions here. Okay? Number one conclusion they came to is that state legislatures have plenary power over the appointment of electors. Now, this plays into what Levin and others have been saying. Can they do it? Yes, they can. Why? Because what, well, what does plenary power mean? It means unqualified and absolute. State legislatures have unqualified and absolute authority to appoint the electors to the Electoral College. And in many states, what they've done is they've passed laws that they had, as they had in Michigan in, in the 1890s, designating how they were going to do that. The second thing they decided was that states could not remove that plenary power. In fact, no one, no one, including the federal government, can remove that plenary power. 
What that means is, very simply, that the governor cannot get up in the morning and go, you know what, I don't like the way the legislature has done this, and we're not going to do it that way. Now, he could veto a law that had been passed doing that, and then, and then we'd go through that whole process, but he cannot simply override the plenary power of the legislature. This is important to understand. The people can't do it except by changing their legislature and changing the laws. The governor can't do it. The courts cannot do it. The federal government cannot do it. The state legislature, in this, Levin and his others are, are correct, the state legislature can, in fact, exercise plenary power over how the electors are appointed. This was then reaffirmed later on in the Bush v. Gore case of 2000. This was one of the issues, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like the Bush v. Gore ruling, but the fact is that they were upholding a Supreme Court ruling that had gone against the Republicans 100 plus years earlier. <laughs> they don't like to talk about that one. And most of y'all that are calling today for these state legislatures to override the electorate and appoint the electors for Trump, you liked that decision anyway, so you'd probably be okay with that. In 1954, by the way, Michigan, after all those years, passed another law. By the way, let me back up just a little bit. That was in 1892. That was upheld in, eight, in that same election. The state legislature was turned back to Republicans, and they immediately repealed the minor law. So it went back to winner take all. In 1954, Michigan passed another law that banned forever. I mean, it's well, as long as that law's on statutes, it, it banned the idea of splitting their, their electoral vote, period. So un unless there's a, a change in the legislature, and I can't imagine there would be, uh, they've, they've pretty well done that. And that's... It's kind of where it ended up after all of this. In the end, it didn't matter because Cleveland got 277 electoral college votes to 135 for Harrison. So really, the five votes that, that Michigan ended up giving to Cleveland didn't really make any difference, as it turned out. But like most elections with polling, nobody really knew what was going to happen. And so people were trying to manipulate things get it where they want it to be. It worked, but did it really work? I mean, in the end, what did they gain? So when you hear these folks saying this, that Pennsylvania, Georgia, whoever, Virginia, Nevada, whoever, should simply override the voters and appoint these, these electoral college uh, voters, can they do it? Theoretically, yeah, they can. And theoretically, we have two Supreme Court rulings um, that would show precedence for that. One would have to assume, with a 5-4 majority conservative on the Supreme Court, that they would probably stay with precedent and uphold that. I don't know what the lower courts would do. I guess it would depend on where you, would, where you filed, but at any particular rate... The, the fact of the matter is, is that legally, technically, constitutionally, you could do this. But should you do this? 
The real politic of the situation recalls us back to what I said at the beginning. The real politic is, number one, can you actually prove in a court of law extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof? Can you actually prove that voter fraud is going on at the widespread scale? Don't tell me about your Facebook post. Don't tell me about what you read on The Blaze. Don't tell me about, can you prove it? Because again, a Facebook post, while colorful and entertaining and designed to attract your attention, is not proof. And if you cannot prove it, well, you're going to lose. That's just a fact. You're going to lose unless you unless you have video of people punting ballots marked for Trump off the Golden Gate Bridge and you don't, you're going to lose. That's the reality of the situation. I know you don't like it. I get that. I know you think that Democrats and leftists are stealing the election. I get that. I share some of those feelings. But I also know that the real politic of the situation is I can't prove it and neither can you. But with perspective, I know that this was not the electoral wipeout that they were expecting, that Joe Biden, Joe Biden, sorry, is going to be a president hamstrung by a Congress that isn't as cooperative as he wants it to be. It isn't going to be willing to just willy-nilly pass everything. Even though the Democrats control the House, they won't control the Senate in 99% likelihood. And... How many of you have stopped and think about what that means? Okay, Supreme Court justices, sure, it means that. All right, so he's not going to be able to appoint, you know, far leftist judges because the Senate's going to say no. Same is true of the lower court benches. He's going to have to modify that. He's going to have to either stealth appoint people that are, that are lying, which presumably the Republican the, the Judiciary Committee would get to, or he's going to have to seriously modify his position. Secondly, I have, how many of you thought about the fact that cabinet positions, Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Secretary of the Treasury, Secretary of Defense, all require Senate confirmation? Anybody think about that? Anybody, anybody considering the fact that, you know, well... I some of these people are going to be too far left for the for this for the Senate to approve or maybe they're going to have to moderate things. This is the real politic of the situation, folks. This is the reality of the situation. This is of all the possible permutations of this election other than Donald Trump winning in a landslide. This is not the worst one that we could have had by any stretch of the imagination. And so running around screaming that we want electoral votes overturned and, and electors appointed by legislatures is a surefire way to, it, it, it's certain to backfire on you. It's absolutely certain to flip legislatures. I mean, it really is. And how would you feel if it was 180 degrees out? Would you be calling for this if it was the other way around? Of course you wouldn't. You would be condemning it roundly. You would be saying, that's tyranny. And you know what? It is. It's a power grab. It's crossing the Rubicon. 
tyranny, folks, is tyranny. I don't care if it's conservative or leftist. I, I don't care. The idea of power grabs by either side is a power grab, period. And once you cross the Rubicon, you cannot go back. Once you do this once, you can't go back and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of it. In 1892, the Democrats won their case before the United States Supreme Court, and they gave five meaningless electoral votes, meaningless, utterly useless electoral votes to Grover Cleveland, who won by more than 100 votes anyway. And what happened? <laughs> On that same election, they got thrown out. And it was years before they were able to recover from that. A power grab is a power grab. Tyranny is tyranny. Can you do such a thing? Yeah, I guess technically, legally, yeah, you could. I can't, I can't tell you that Levin is wrong and the others are wrong in the sense that, is it, could it legally be done? Sure. I'm sure you could find a way to get around it. Should you do it? Not a chance in hell. What do you gain? What do you gain by doing that? The backlash is going to be worse than the situation you're going to find yourself in if you don't do it. Common sense and perspective needs to rule here. Before we cross the Rubicon, and before we say to ourselves, well, <laughs> the die is cast.